Today is Wisdom Wednesday. We're here to help you make your good dog even better. With some training tips today on barking, some things that you can add into your food for your dog if you need to extend their food a little bit because it's crazy expensive like me. And I also ask your opinion about something very important to think about, defending your dog against another dog attacking it. I share at the end a sweet mini story. Let's tackle barking. Now, it's kind of natural for dogs, right? To give a little bit of notice or to be excited. However, the problem is that they don't always bark at the best times. I don't know about you, but I have lived in rentals for the last seven years. And this is completely different from where I used to live. I lived on 100 acres. There's a little farm. I had a long driveway. We didn't see humans too much back there. So my farm dogs had a very different life than Flynn does right now. So let's tackle this barking thing. A lot of us struggle with that. Your dogs get excited, they'll bark. (laughs) They see somebody, they'll bark. There's different kinds of barking, correct? We all know it. We hear it in their little voice or their big voice if you have a big dog. And you can hear the difference. The excited is a higher pitched right? The angry is deeper and more menacing sounding as well. So you need to figure out what kind of barking you do want. Is it okay if your dog barks a couple times to give you a heads up on somebody being at the door or coming up to the door? Or do you want them to be completely silent? Like with me renting, it's really good to have him not bark. I've had to work on that. When I first got him, he did want to bark when he was in his crate. Now I created him when I went to work because I had just gotten him. I didn't know what he was going to do. When he first came in my apartment, what he did was, um, yeah, he peed on a plant. So I didn't really want him to do that kind of stuff when I was at work, but I would run home at lunch and take him out and give him some freedom. There's a couple different things you can do. One thing that I did was to get a barking collar and I did train him on it over the weekend. So I didn't just put him in the crate and leave him with this collar on where he could have choked himself or something. You need to watch your dog. And so do it on your days off. Make sure that you're watching your dog. There are collars that you can buy and they will make a vibration when your dog barks and they won't like it. And so they're thinking, I don't want to bark. This is annoying. Now, if you own your own home and you don't have walls connected to somebody else, you don't necessarily have to use that collar. The one thing that I would encourage all of you to do is to teach your dog the difference between speaking, or if you want to call it barking, figure out your word for it, talking. Um, And then you need to teach them how to be quiet. So when they're being quiet, that's when you want to praise them. You want your dog to bark twice when someone's coming down the driveway like I did. I would let them bark a couple times and then say quiet. And when they started to figure out what quiet was, I would praise them like crazy and have treats for them. So here's the trick. If your dog's barking at the door and they're not stopping, obviously it's going to be a little bit tough to teach them quiet at that very second. But once they calm down, and here's how you get them to do that, by the way, to get your dog to calm down, you need to redirect them is what we call it. So what you're going to do is have them sit or come to you. You're going to get a squeaky toy and squeak it. Totally change that mindset because at that point they're in the defense mode or whatever kind of mode they're in. They're excited to see you. Get them out of that mindset and it'll make the whole difference so that then you can have a dog that's listening to you. So as soon as they stop barking and pay attention to the toy, say quiet. Yes, quiet. Good boy. Good girl. 
And that is really important. Another thing you can do to mark that good behavior that you want is snap your fingers. That's very effective if you're a good snapper. If you're not, there's something called a clicker that you can buy that has a nice sound to it. And it marks it. And their ears are really good, so they'll hear that. By the way, I need to make sure that I mention to you, if you have a 10-year-old dog or an older dog, don't feel like you can't do training with them. It's not over, folks. I had a 10-year-old Border Collie, Maisie, I've talked about before, my girl. And I brought her down from that farm life of 100 acres down to completely a suburban, really more urban setting having hundreds, if not thousands of people in an apartment building area, she had to learn a whole different way of life. She was 10 years old. And the other dog, Morgan, so, okay, Macy was maybe nine years old, and Morgie was 14 because they're five years apart. But Morgan also learned a new way of life. So please don't think that because your dog's older, it's over, and you just have to put up with her behavior. Uh Uh-uh, not true. All right. So either say yes, loudly and happily, snap your fingers, hit the clicker, do like, not all of that, but either snap your fingers and say yes, something like that, and make it rewarding. Like, hopefully you know what they love, what makes them feel loved, right? Like, we have the love languages for people. So the love language of your dog, is it treats? Is it praise? Is it ear scratches, belly rubs, you know, happy voice? You need to figure that out. And if you don't know, start experimenting and figure that out so that you can work together. The same thing goes for when you're walking on the leash and your dog starts to bark at somebody or something. You need to redirect them. So turn around all of a sudden, start walking the other way. And they'll be like, wait, what? (laughs) So, And if they keep trying, which most will, try to keep turning around and barking at that person or that other dog, you need to just keep walking and redirect them by having them sit. Or maybe you've taught them the command, look at me. Which, by the way, if you want to teach that, take the treat, put it like right up uh, your eyes, and they'll start to get that they're supposed to look right in your eyes when you say that. That is a great thing to use. I've used that for when I had my dog sitting down with Santa, and I stood by the camera person, and I said, look at me, and they did. And it was a great picture. I have to try to find that. But anyways, I wanted to share that with you because that's a great redirect. And when you're walking, it's really important to make sure that your dog's not being leash aggressive, that they're paying attention to you. And so using that look at me command and that redirect of turning them around, making them sit, have them do what they know how to do, make them give you their paw even. I mean, just try to, you just have to break them out of that, that automatic, you know, species appropriate, if you will. That's how they act because that's the way they're wired. We're modifying their behavior. They are who they are to a point. But don't put up with any bad behavior because there's no reason for that. Just one thing I want to clarify. That collar, it is not shocking. What it does is it vibrates when they bark. And then I believe if they continue, then it makes a sound. And there's different kinds within that genre of collar, if you will. So you can have a look. I will put a link below just to help you. It's it's not an affiliate link. The other thing I want to mention to you is that all training should start inside in a quiet room without any more distractions than you can help. If you are in a busy room with a family, the dog won't be able to pay attention unless everyone is quiet and in on this training. That's a way to help each other know how to do it and to be consistent. So you could do that. 
But ideally, it's inside, it's quiet, you can just focus on the commands and what you're trying to teach. And then you go outside where there's all the smells and all sorts of distractions to dogs and their noses and their eyesight and ears. I mean, their senses are just amazing, right? So make it easier on you and the dog, start inside. And before you do any of that, what you need to do is decide on your plan, especially if you live with other people, right? Decide if you're going to do, you know, if you're all good at snapping your fingers, great, do that. But the most simple way to start is really say, yes, excited, and give them a treat for what they're doing right. If you want to keep it super simple, start with yes and treats. You can do the snap, you can do clicker, any of those work, but you need to decide what works best for you. And if you have a family, for all of you. I hope that helps you. Barking can be really annoying when it's at the wrong times, but when it's appropriate, like they're happy to see you, that's a wonderful thing. A couple of barks, no big deal. A couple of barks to tell me somebody's at the door, that's great. But don't bark for five minutes because I'm just going to want to pull my hair out and be bald. <laughs> I hope that helps. We have a fun and informed group in the Dogs Are the Best Friends Facebook group which is free to join. It's just for people like you and I that love dog stories and love to share and help each other. So what I asked them was if they had any advice on some natural food to supplement the food that I give Flynn, because Flynn is eating me out of house and home financially, not literally, but it's killer. The bill that I pay for his food, he eats freeze-dried raw food. It's crazy expensive, but it is so good for his gut. He's just doing really well on it. So the members of the group shared a few recommendations and what they do. Now, Cynthia shared that she actually gives her dog roasted green beans. Oh my goodness. I'm moving there. Ashley said that she does turkey, ground turkey and eggs, mix it up and bakes them in like little meatball shape kind of thing. Another place that's good to live if you're a dog or even a human. Michelle, she is a foodie. And so she's into all sorts of cool food already. And then her dogs also eat all sorts of food and fruits, like kohlrabi. Really? I don't even know if I've tried that. And by the way, her dog Molly will pick the tomatoes right from the plant. So those dogs are eating better than I am. And my Aunt Linda, well, she recommended pumpkin, and she actually does pumpkin muffins for her dogs. Um, Hello? I could use some pumpkin muffins. Hello, Aunt Linda. Anyways, those are some recommendations of what we can add into their food, our dog's food. And I will be trying some of those because I'm going to try to extend his food a little bit and just kind of help my budget. Come and join us in the Facebook group if you'd like to have some fun with other dog owners. I have a question for you, and I would really love your input on this. I'm wondering, have you ever considered how you would defend your dog if he or she was attacked by another dog? Unfortunately, I did think this through, and I had my red pepper spray with me when it happened, but it was a windy day, and my mind was worried that what if it flew into my eyes and I couldn't help Flynn? What if it flew into his eyes? What happened was we saw this dog as we went on our walk, and the dog was lunging at Flynn, and it looked like the owner could barely contain that dog with the leash and the harness that he had on it. So I just, you know, got out of there as quickly as we could. And I hear this shouting and I look to see the dog free. It came out between the cars. It looked to its left, saw nothing, 
looked to the right, saw us, and came running over as fast as I could. That dog did not come to greet Flynn. It literally went exactly for Flynn's neck. It wanted to kill my boy. And it just makes me so angry right now. I'm trying to not get too upset. I can't forget that day. It's just burned in my memory. So flashing through my mind was, do I spray this red pepper spray? What do I do? I was scared to do it because windy. Then I was trying to kick the other dog and I couldn't even do it. They were moving so fast. I could not do it. And unfortunately, I didn't let go of the leash. That probably would have helped Flynn if I had. But Flynn, thank God, he is so fast. He kept just jumping around and that dog was not able to get a good grip with his teeth on Flynn's neck. Needless to say, I'm so grateful that that worked out okay, because it could be a whole different story, completely different story right now. So then I had to rethink, what would I do if my boy was attacked again? And by the way, as a dog trainer, you can believe I ripped that owner a new one when he finally showed up. It felt like forever, but of course it wasn't. When he came running over and grabbed his dog back, oh my gosh, did I have words for him. Because to me, it's not the dog's fault. It is the owner's fault if they're that poorly behaved and that out of control. And I told him he needed to get professional help for that dog. And when I saw him a few weeks later, I did offer my own services because I had calmed down and I wanted that dog to succeed, but he needed to do something or somebody like me would want that dog taken away. So here's my question. Have you thought about defending your dog and what do you plan to do? Now, I made up my mind and I got something and I carry that with me. No, it's not a gun because I just realized your mind might jump to that. No, it's not. And I'm not saying whether or not you should have that on you. If it's legal and you're legally carrying it, that's between you and the state or your country, wherever you are. I want your feedback on this. I want to know what you figured out, what to do. I've left my Google number down below so you can leave me a voicemail. And you could be featured on the podcast next time as well. I have my email down below. And I also have my Instagram if you want to DM me there. Or you can comment under the post that I'll be putting up in the next few days or so. I'd like to know your input and your answer could be shared on the podcast. But this is something we need to think through, sadly, because there's people that get dogs that are way too strong, way too out of control for them, and they don't know what they're doing. They have a good heart. They want to rescue a dog. I get that. And don't even get me started about pit bulls. I'm sorry. I'm just about to make people angry right now. But if you don't know what you're doing with a pit bull, uh, we'll talk about that another time. Anyways, let me end with a happy note and tell you this wonderful story that I happened to find. I wanted to share with you what I'm calling a mini story. And the story takes place in England. I saw this news article from the BBC News. Uh, it came out August 30th. It's titled Going for a Lake District Walk with Max the Miracle Dog. And I'm just going to read you a little bit. Carrie Irving was confined to his house and considered suicide after suffering an excruciating back injury in a car accident. But then he met Max, a yard dog who gave him a new purpose in life. The BBC joined them for a walk in their native Lake District. Back in 2006, 
Carrie was in a car accident, and it left him with horrible pain. And then he spent the next two years hardly able to move at all. Understandably, he went into a massive depression. One day, he decided to go on a walk. Actually, his wife helped him decide to go on to a walk to get some milk. And he met Max. That dog at that time was one years old, and he poked his little nose between the bars of a backyard gate, and the two struck up an instant friendship. Carrie suddenly had a purpose to go out, and that was to see Max. I won't tell you the rest of the story. I think you should read it, but it's so sweet because eventually he ended up getting to not only spend time with Max, but to take him under his wing and into his home. And there's a couple other dogs that have joined them now over the years as well. What's super sweet also is that he shares their walks around the Lake District, which is a gorgeous area of England. I had the privilege of seeing it years ago. I would love to go back and see more. I got to see Beatrix Potter's house and yeah, it's just a beautiful area if you ever get to go. If we ever get to travel again, don't even get me started. But anyways, I'm trying to leave you with something uplifting. This story is very sweet. On his Facebook page, you can actually see his walks with the dogs and the scenery, the landscape is gorgeous. And, you know, it just might help you kind of escape your life for a little bit if you need a break from, like me, seeing apartments and more apartments around me. So I hope that is a little bit of fun for you. I will link that story below and their Facebook page too, so you can watch the videos if you want. I hope you enjoyed today's Wednesday wisdom of training, food supplements, and please definitely give me your input on how to defend your dog. I think this is a really important topic and we need to think about it because unfortunately, it's very likely to happen. So leave me a voicemail or send me a message and we will talk about it next week on our next Wednesday wisdom. I wish you a safe and happy day. Hug your furry friends. I think they've earned it.